Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's time for the B-A-Q-A-A, the B-A-Q-A-A, A, the B-A-Q-A with Tiffany, the B-A-Q-A-A, hey, 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 it's me, Tiffany, um, and no Mandy, unfortunately, but that's okay, because I'm in the stew with you. This is Brown Ambition Question and Answer. You have questions. I have some answers, although I am not your attorney, your doctor, your lawyer, Okay. You are going to reach out to the people that you pay for serious advice, and you're going to take what I take, what I tell you, with the smallest, smallest, smallest of grains of thought of salt, aka goes to your grandma, not me and Mandy. Okay, okay. So, if you have questions that you'd like answered about career, about business, about money, about child life these days, um, go on over to brownambitionpodcast.com and click contact us. Slide into the DMs on IG, Brown Ambition Podcast, the BA Podcast on Twitter, and brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, so let's get to the questions. Okay, well, first question of today comes from Courtney via IG. Courtney says, hello, ladies. I love this podcast. And Tiffany, I've been a part of your Literature Academy for about two years. Yay, and I love it. We love that. It's helped me so much. So I have a question. My now fiancé told me that back in 2020, he ended up getting a personal loan to pay off credit cards and without reading the fine print, found out later that the lender took over his car loan for collateral. So now he's paying off his car through them instead of Capital One and is paying $300 more on his car a month now than before. Damn. He called the lender to see if he can get a lower payment since he hasn't missed a payment or has been late since he got the loan, but they said he couldn't do that. Of course not, child, they want all that money. So we're wondering if you guys have any advice on the best way to handle a personal loan and if possible to refinance a personal loan. If so, is it a good idea to do so? Okay, thank you. So what I'm getting, Courtney, is that fiance wanted to pay off credit card debt, which is great. He got a loan to pay it off. Okay. Somehow in the fine print, the lender said, I'm going to take off over your car loan. That way, if you don't pay me, we'll take your car. And you're going to pay off the car loan and the $300 a month, I'm assuming, is part fee, part to pay down that credit card debt. You didn't say how much the credit card debt was. Um, and he's wanted to lower his payment. Okay. Um, so you didn't share what the interest rate was. There's a lot missing here. So let's just, I'm just going to make some generalizations. In general, um, if you are wanting to get out of a specific loan with a specific lender because you want better terms, here are some of your options. You can do what you said, which is 
see if you can renegotiate with them the terms. That's one, which they've said no. Two, you can try to refinance, um, you know, with, you know, that lender or a different lender. So that's two. That's certainly something that you can do. Um, and then three, you can also look for another lender. What I would do is I would head down to my local credit union. Um, a sister of mine actually is doing that now, doing this now. She's looking to purchase a car. And um, dealer financing has gotten better than it used to. But still, you know, you're typically going to pay, you know, a higher interest rate. Not always, because dealer financing is much better these days. And some of these big banks don't even do car financing. They make you go through the dealer. But so I told her because a friend of mine is a teacher where I live. And there's a credit union that a lot of teachers in Newark like to use because they have better interest rates. So she went to the credit, credit union. They had three stipulations. You had to live in Newark or work in Newark or worship in Newark. So she was able to prove that she lived in Newark. She was able to open up a credit union account that day and apply for the loan for the car. So right now, I think um, interest rates, if you're borrowing money for a car, are like in the 7% range, you know, maybe high sixes. They're offering uh, 5% in that range. So not even, I think like 4%, 4 point something, something tremendous. So she is going to purchase her car at the dealership, but use the financing at the credit union. So what I would do is to tell your fiance to one, reach out to credit unions in his area and see if, um, you know, what, I don't know how much he owes if he, if he'd be able to get potentially get his car loan and his credit cards like paid off via the credit union and he holds the credit union instead. Now, here's the thing. I do not know the terms of this new lender if you're able to prepay because some lenders won't let you. So you're going to want to call and say or look at the fine print to see, can I pay this loan off before the period of time? So sometimes lenders will be like, OK, you have like five, six years on this car note, but you can't prepay. Meaning whether you pay in five years or five months, you pay in the full amount either way. You know, so you want to make sure that he's able to prepay meaning paid and paying it off before the allotted period of time. And there's not a penalty to do so. And if that's so, then I would start, if his credit score is right, you know, ideally would be able to go to a credit union and see if the credit union can assume these two loans or this total loan, you know, credit cards mixed with car note. And then he can now pay the credit union at a lower interest rate and therefore lowering his monthly payment. Okay. So those are some of your options. Does that make sense, Courtney? You know, um, here's the thing, you know, that fine print be fine printing. And I know sometimes it can feel overwhelming um, when it comes to like borrowing money. So some questions just in general. So whether this is Courtney or Courtney's fiance, when you borrow money, questions that you always want to ask is like, one, you know, like how much am I actually borrowing? You know, two, Obviously, who do I owe? Sometimes you're borrowing money. You're like, so for example, if you're getting credit financing from a car dealership, it's like, well, who do I actually, who am I going to end up owing? Right? So that's two. Three, what is my interest rate? And is it fixed or is it variable? So that means meaning like, okay, am I going to pay 5% for the length of the loan or 5% for the first two years and then 10% after that? So what is my interest rate? Is it fixed or is it variable? So is it the same or does it go up and down based upon the market or otherwise, right? Um, what was that? Four, right? So five or four, child, I don't remember what number I'm on. How long is the term? 
three months, three years, five years, or how long do I have before I pay it back? You know, um, six or five, I can't remember what I'm on. Um, is there a prepayment penalty? Yes. Some people, the reason why they don't want you to pay off sooner is they want they don't want to miss out on the interest they're going to earn on you continuing to pay. You know, so like that's a huge one. Like, you know, is there a prepayment penalty? So let's just say you're going to buy a car and it's $20,000 because you're going to previously own car. You put down 10, you have a $10,000 loan. And then you say, I don't, I don't know. You hit the, you hit the, the numbers for 50,000. You're like, let me pay off this car a week later. Are you going to be punished for that? Are you even allowed to do that? You want to make sure you're able to prepay or pay off early. Um, and then two, what happens if you're late? Like, do you lose your 5% interest rate? You want to ask, so this is like question seven, I guess. Do you lose your, your interest rate? Does your interest rate go up? You know, what happens? You know, how quickly do they report you to the credit um, bureaus? So if I'm late, what happens? You know, and do they have some sort of help if you're struggling financially? So here, those are some of the questions that you always want to ask before you borrow any money. Yeah, because that fine print, free fine print. But, you know, if you if you ask those questions, it doesn't mean that you're never going to to make your mistakes and mishaps, but it will allow you to be a more educated borrower, you know? And so to me, my favorite place to borrow is a credit union. I believe that you should have three financial institutions in your life. I believe you should have your regular brick and mortar bank. So that's the big banks that you'd be seeing on the corners, right? Those big old, you know, the, the banks we all know if I say their name, but they don't pay me, so I ain't saying no names, okay? So that's one, big bank. And the reason why you have a big bank is for convenience. If you are in California, you can use that same bank that's on the corner. You come to New Jersey, the bank is probably there. You go to Alaska, the bank is probably there. So big bank for convenience. This is why I like to keep my checking, right? My everyday money. Second financial institution that I like to have is an online only financial institution. Why? Because that's why I like to keep my savings because they typically have high yield savings accounts because they don't have the same overhead costs as these big banks that are on every corner. They're online, and so they get to pass on the savings to you in the form of paying out higher interest. I'll give you an example. Your big bank on the corner, if you put your money in savings there, you're probably going to make 0.00001%. Child, bye. Right now, um, at a high-yield savings account at an online-only bank, you're looking at 4 4.5% currently as I'm taping this. That's what it's looking like, you know, give or take. Um, so you're four times the amount that you're going to earn on your money at an online-only bank. So that's the second type of institution. Third type of institution that I like is a credit union. This is where I like to borrow from. So brick and mortar, convenience, checking. Online-only bank, savings account for high-yield savings. Um, and then um, a credit union to borrow from because credit unions typically, many credit unions are nonprofit or definitely they're community-based credit unions. And... Um, their their role, especially if they're a nonprofit, is not to make a profit and to offer as many resources and tools financially to the community as they can so you can get a better deal on the money that you're borrowing. Because my sister is, instead of spending like 7% or like 6% on like, you know, on her interest for the car loan, she's going to pay like 4%. That's tremendous of how much money she's going to save. And so I like to have those three. And of course, like a brokerage account, probably the fourth, if I'm thinking about it, like for, for investing, but we're thinking about day-to-day -day money. Those are the three institutions. So just consider that, that like, I like to have them in place, even if I, I'm not using a credit union 
right now, um, I like to just be a member of one. Um, the good thing about many credit unions is that you can join the same day and ask for a loan the same day. But ideally, you know, having those three under your belt are going to help you navigate. Well, we're going to take a break. Okay, hopefully that was helpful. If you have questions, like I said, sign into the DMs on IG, Brian Ambition Podcast. Um, email us at brianambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Go to brianambitionpodcast.com and click, click contact. Um, and the BA Podcast on Twitter. Uh, but we'll be back in black and ready to answer more questions. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, BA fam, y'all know when it comes to financial advice, you have to trust your source. That's why you listen to Brown Ambition, right? And when I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. I've been a longtime fan of Nerd Wallet. In fact, I almost worked there a couple of times because when it comes to financial experts and writing, they really know how to give you the best reviews of financial products. I honestly wouldn't sign up for a credit card today if I hadn't looked at a review on a site like Nerd Wallet myself. And honestly, if y'all haven't learned about Nerd Wallet, you're missing out. And with their help, what could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access, wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms of each credit card issuer apply. Hey, debit card users, listen up. Discover has something especially for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can start earning cash back on everyday debit card purchases. You heard that right. Cash back on debit purchases because cash back isn't just for credit cards. It's time you also get some love. Oh, and I should also mention that this has no fees, period. Finally, the game-changing checking account you deserve. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you-know-what. I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor 
to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Hey, 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 BA fam. Here's a Brown Ambition throwback. Here's my question. What would be the best way to tackle debt if my husband and I have $40,000 worth of debt from credit cards, student loans, and personal loans? Should we consolidate our debt or try using a method like the snowball method? For more information, we're both students, we have full-time jobs and a mortgage, but we're struggling to save money while trying to pay off debt. Interesting question. So just to recap, $40,000 in total, that consists of credit cards, student loans, and personal mm. loans. Interesting. Mix. Okay. And they're wondering how to tackle it. That And little, that's collectively. That's collectively together. Yep. I'm not going to lie. That's not that bad. <laughs> saying that we can say that like, kind of like what I was thinking that. like y'all can do this you got this <laughs> yes <laughs> you got this well, let's take each of those three types we don't know how much is credit cards how much is student loans or we don't know what the interest rates are so it's a little bit difficult to give specific advice but um where would you where would you say start Tiff um well I would I personally like the snowball method so I'm a little biased um and the snowball method is just kind of when you line up your debt from lowest to highest as far as balances are concerned. And then you start to tackle the debt with the lowest balance first. So basically the other two debts get their minimum and the debt with the lowest balance gets its minimum plus whatever extra money you could pull from your from your budget. So you should have a budget and say, hey budget, this is how much my life costs. How much is left over after I pay my expenses? Oh, there's $200 left over. And then you can, might decide, um, $100 is going to go to savings because you should be saving and paying down debt simultaneously. So maybe $100 goes to savings and another 100 goes to my debt pay down plan. So now you have your debt pay down plan money. And if you're going to do the snowball method, it would look like this. Hey, lowest balance debt, you're going to get your minimum plus this $100. And I'm going to pay it, pay it, pay it, pay it, pay it, pay it, pay it. And then when that's paid off, I'm going to roll over the lowest debt's minimum plus that $100 to the second lowest debt. So the second lowest debt is going to get effectively three payments in one. It's minimum. The, the first lowest debt's minimum plus that $100. And then you're going to pay it, pay it, pay it, pay it, pay it till you pay it off. And then you're going to roll it off to the third lowest debt. And so that's the way the snowball method works. Or you can use the avalanche method, which is when you pay off the debt with the highest interest rate off first. And so the, the avalanche method makes the most sense as far as um, mathematically, because you're basically paying off the debt that has that's costing you the most amount of money because the interest rate is the highest and the snowball method makes the most sense emotionally because if you pay out the debt with the lowest balance first you kind of get a, a faster return emotional return on your investment because it might take you 10 years to pay off the, the debt with the highest interest rate and so you might not feel as good about it so i like the snowball method although the obviously the avalanche method is, is amazing if you can stick with it um so yeah i think that um I think that that's what I would do. I would line it up like that, honestly. I would look at the, I, I feel like, I have a feeling out of all three of those types of debt that you have, the credit cards probably have the highest interest rate. So I, I'm a fan, I mean, and that, and that's kind of looking at things with the avalanche method in mind versus a snowball. 
But if you wanted a quick, you know, especially if you're kind of struggling and let's say he's got some credit cards, you've got some credit cards and you want a simple way to just keep track of everything in one place, you could look into consolidating those credit cards um, with a personal loan, for example, from a credit union, if it means that you could secure a lower interest rate than what you're currently paying on those credit cards. Because we know how difficult it can be to pay down credit card debt when it's got, you know, what is the average APR in credit cards? Something like 17%. That's with like mm-hmm. perfect credit today. Um, so Isn't you could cr- look at, I know, it's insane. It's crazy. <laughs> you could look at consolidating those credit cards just so you have one fixed monthly payment, which is what you get with a personal loan, and then you can both tackle that payment together. Um, and of course, when you're applying for a personal loan, they're going to take into account how much you can afford to pay. So your monthly payment shouldn't be more, shouldn't end up being more than what you guys can comfortably afford. With your student loans, if you're both still still in school, then maybe they aren't quite due yet, so they're not an immediate concern, but you definitely want to, I would focus on getting rid of that other types of debt, the credit card, the personal loans before you guys graduate, so that when you graduate, you can just throw everything you got at those student loans. If the Mm -hmm. student loans are an issue now, you know, if they're federal, there's things you can do, income-based repayment, forbearance, deferment, while you focus on your higher interest debt, like credit cards or personal loans, to buy yourself some time. Um, but eventually you got to tackle them, right? And even if you defer them, um, interest is going to still be accruing. So you want to aggressively, as, as fast as you can, get rid of the other debt and then hop on those student loans. Um, if they're private, um, you can look into, well, if, they've, if you've got a you know, pretty high interest rate in your student loans and you think you're interested in looking at refinancing, that's also an option. If you guys have strong credit scores, there's lots of companies out there that will refinance your student loan debt today, which will help you secure a lower interest rate and maybe reduce yep. your payments and help you pay it off faster. But just keep in mind, if you have federal student loans and you're refinancing them, you're essentially turning them into a private loan, yes. which means those flexible options I mentioned earlier, like income-based oh. repayment or forbearance, are probably no longer available to you. Um, so it has to be worth that trade-off for you to refinance them and turn them into private loans. Yeah. And to me, it, it rarely is worth it. So, I, you know, so I mean, there's companies like SoFi that I that are great companies for refinancing for private loans. But I always tell people, if you can keep them federal, it typically is worth it just because if you ever fall on hard times, private loans don't care. But federal <laughs> <Very> loans, <laughs> but federal loans, there there are things in place that you know that you can use to protect yourself if you fall on hard times and it's much easier to default on a private loan like a federal loan is harder to default um and so yeah so i mean it's in except for like maybe rare instances movies tv shows books podcasts and more it's what women binge with melissa joan hart and her friend amanda lee we have lauren bosworth with us yay the hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What Women Binge, wherever you listen.